0: Welcome to the Dividend Cafe, weekly market commentary focused on dividends in your portfolio and dividends in your understanding of economic life. Hello and welcome to today's COVID and Markets podcast brought to you by the Dividend Cafe of the Bonson Group. This is David Bonson. Thursday, August the 20th, we continue to trek along. Let me go through. Some markets action first, and then we'll go around the horn. Uh, The Dow was up 50 points today. The S&P was up more than that percentage-wise, and the NASDAQ was up more than that percentage-wise. Big uh, rally from big tech today. Um, But I don't know. It's not super significant, but the futures were actually down 200 points last night late. It's been a while since I've seen late-night futures down and then this morning, they had rallied back a little bit um, on word that uh, apparently a China trade discussion was back on. It had been canceled earlier in the week. Then the um, weekly jobless claims number came and markets came went down a little further. And then uh, throughout the day, just kind of, you know, grinded their way back up. And, and like I said, on the NASDAQ side, big tech had quite a big day. So there you go. The um, weekly jobless claims came in at 1.1 million, and you recall we had dropped below a million last week. So that was a step in the wrong direction, and the markets didn't like it for about uh, 5 or 10 minutes and then then ended up shrugging it off. The continuing claims, though, did decline by another 636,000. So that brought that number below 15 million. So for those keeping score, we were above 25 million in continuing claims. That's when someone's filed two weeks in a row of weekly unemployment. And uh, now we're down below 15 million. So presumably there are over 10 million people who are out of work who have gotten work back in, in some sense. Uh, PBP could be a big part of it. Uh, there's still you know over 14 million uh, filing in that regard. so there's high unemployment, but much lower unemployment than we were and there and that's that's sort of the trend that we're seeing. the um, COVID side of things today, there's just a couple of things around the horn. I do think a nice little summary chart going back since May um, is available showing the growing new testing. And then we did have, at the beginning of August, a little decline in the new testing. And I'm quite convinced now. At the time, I wasn't sure, but I feel much more confident now in my belief that a lot of that is just related to people not needing to get tested because there was a lot less symptoms, a lot less symptomatic cases. And because there was less COVID, uh, there's less people getting tested for COVID. And it strikes me as entirely logical. And, and it's a better scenario than if people were not getting tested because of lack of access to testing or something like that. And um, in the meantime, you do have a continually declining positivity rate. The positivity rate had collapsed. Uh, And was looking really good at the very early part of June, even as testing was increasing kind of from late May into maybe the second week of June. And then that's when you sort of broke apart. But then you did get to a point where the rise in new positives was in direct concert with the rise in new test. And then now we've gone the other way, more uh, testing and lower positivity. That's what you want to see. To the extent one's focus is on positive tests, my focus has been from an economic standpoint and a severity standpoint to evaluate the big picture of where things could trickle into markets and where things could have some more severe ramifications to the society has been on hospitalizations and equipment and, of course, mortalities. Those numbers um, have stayed uh, in a much different place all summer, as we talked about repeatedly, in Florida today, we have four thousand five hundred new cases uh continuing collapse in the hospitalizations and uh I don't know why I haven't looked at this in a little bit, but the after the whole summer situation and obviously Florida did have an increase in the absolute number of mortalities, but never close to the proportionate increase that many had predicted. Um, but after all of the cases, and now their mortalities have just totally dropped off at less than half of where they were running a couple weeks ago, they're 16th in the country in mortalities per capita. So I, I think a lot of what had been feared and predicted out of Florida never came close to coming to fruition, thank God. Uh, New York City, by the way, yesterday had a 024 percent positive infection rate 0.24 so you know for a lot of us that's pretty close to zero Um, and their indoor restaurants are still not open Uh, yet the New York City Hospitality Alliance is reportedly getting ready to file a suit against the state and the city over the indoor dining ban and there's 27,000 New York City restaurants uh, that are uh, on board with that so it'll be interesting to see if there's action that gets the restaurants reopened um in, in Arizona, I don't want to just keep saying the same thing every day. So, you know, we, we know the hospital numbers are so, so, so much better, but I will say that they're better in a way a lot of people wouldn't have uh, even predicted. They actually now um, are at a lower hospital usage than they were any time all summer and have more available hospital resources and beds than they did before COVID even existed. So their management of hospital resources has just been something to behold. When we come into California, I'm going to start with Orange County, um, where the Bonson Group's headquarters are in Newport Beach. You have, uh, for the first time, all five of the metrics that are required are, are uh, not only um, BEAT, but BEAT substantially. But then the California Department of Public Health has said that they need three days— um, to get their website to be tracking with Orange County's website. And I presume that's because we still don't have computers that can talk to each other in this country. So maybe one day someone will invent like a modem or, or the Internet or something that can make this happen quicker. But in the meantime, uh, California, uh, excuse me, Orange County's metrics um, should have started their clock And I know Riverside County has reached out and Governor Newsom gave a press conference yesterday. I was somewhat encouraged by that. It does sound as if he is realizing that uh, loosening some of these restrictions is going to start to be rather necessary. So good news across uh, Fort Arizona, California. And um with Texas, uh the cases have dropped substantially, the positivity rates dropped substantially, the hospitalizations have dropped quite a bit. They have not dropped at the same percentage level that they have in Florida, Arizona, but they've dropped a lot. And and then, you know, in terms of the um mortalities, they they uh continue to decline. So to the extent that there isn't this other kind of surge of waves and whatnot, obviously we've seen that peak fatality level as well. Um, and that, and you have to be encouraged by that on the public policy front, uh, speaker Pelosi said something for the first time Wednesday and hinting about the willingness to maybe do a smaller deal, uh, for uh, that fourth stimulus and specifically said the words willing to cut our bill in half. Uh, they walked that back a little bit after the fact, the point being, it does sound as if some, uh, compromise could be potentially getting set up. um, I do think there's more and more talk about a revamping and reloading of PPP for small business aid that could get done as a carve out deal. I have a particular source who's big on the fact that this is being talked about behind the scenes. That would be very useful uh, from the small business side of things, even if they can't agree to state aid and, and so forth. And so. Um, I'm more and more of the opinion that this isn't over yet, that there could end up still being a deal, but it probably could end up being a skinny deal or a carve out deal, not a massive one. And, and uh, part of that may be that the Democrats think that if they're going to win well in November, they can get a bigger one later. And part of it may be that uh, President Trump thinks he's been able to, you know, have this skirt a little bit to his advantage by doing the executive orders. So you not only have the politics, but you have the perception of the politics that's kind of driving it. WTI crude oil still remaining up very close to $43. You had another 1.6 million barrel draw of inventories yesterday. Three weeks in a row of a rather significant draw rather than a build in the inventories. Um, OPEC Plus is meeting discussing the status of their production cuts. And there continues to be talk. It's just talk right now, but talk of China substantially increasing its imports of U.S. oil and gas. Uh, in the housing side, you may have heard mortgage rates have ticked up a tad. It is true, but I do think that's much more to do with the fact that there's still ongoing, very heavy demand and there's not the capacity to meet the demand. So if the loan companies can't get everyone refinanced at the lower rates anyways, they may as well raise the rates a bit, um, to meet that, uh, you know, the demand level, uh, on the FOMC, the federal reserve, they, they, the minutes in the July meeting were released. Uh, the Fed seems to be inching closer to changing their policy to an average inflation target instead of an inflation target of 2%. By having an average inflation target, when you run for several years below 2%, it will lets you run several years above 2%, what they would call running hot, to, uh, to meet that blended number. Um, And there was a lot of reporting on the idea that some Fed governors seem to be expressing skepticism about the use of yield curve control, where the Fed would use the buying of bonds um, to implement kind of the forced caps of yields at certain points in the yield curve. And I am of the opinion that that will end up happening at some point, but the Fed is of the opinion right now it's not necessary. And so um, they most certainly seem to indicate it not being necessary now more than uh, b- based on the fact that market forces were doing it for them. Not that those yields were not need of being capped, but that the market was capping yields without the Fed intervening. So I intervene. Uh, some information in COVID markets about commercial real estate, particularly rent collection averages on a report I read. Um, so check that out. And most importantly, Get ready for Dividend Cafe tomorrow, Friday. Thanks for listening to today's COVID and Markets. The beat goes on. The country's getting healthier. The country's getting a little bit more reopened. And Lord willing, the economy will continue to improve, hopefully at an even faster pace. Thank you for listening to COVID and Markets. The Bonson Group is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. The Bonster Group and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced, such data and information